Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Butcher. It's a real privilege to be here this evening, feeling the presence of the Lord the way that he is. Uh, I'm meeting most of you for the first time, but I already feel at home because the Lord is here. And I know his presence. Praise God. Wherever we travel, wherever we go, his spirit and presence can be felt, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, Jesus made the statement, he said, where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Uh, a lot of congregations use that as an excuse for a poor crowd. That's not really what it's in the Bible for. The emphasis is not on the two or three, but on the fact that he is there when we gather together in his name. <laughs> Praise God. And so we're thankful for his presence here tonight. Uh, I've enjoyed so much getting a chance to be with my pastor and sister Butcher. Met him for the first time last July in Kuala Lumpur at the Pacific Regional Meeting. And then uh, I got to meet Sister Butcher at, uh, at the uh, Global Council Meeting in Sri Lanka in November. And uh, we just feel like we're already good friends, been friends for a long time. That's just the way that it is. But we're thankful uh, for the opportunity to be here. It was a dream of mine for a long time to come to Australia. And then in the last three years, the Lord's let us come three times. And uh, growing up in India, of course, cricket was pretty big there too. And I remember listening to the matches growing up. And, and uh, so we've always had an interest uh, in being here. And I'm thankful that the Lord has given us a chance. Praise God. I'm going to ask Sister Sean to come and to greet you this evening and uh, say whatever she feels at this time. But I do want to say this. I believe that the Lord is going to do some powerful things in this meeting. Praise God. And if you will open your heart and receive, you can see a miracle happen in your life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's absolutely um, just an honor and a thrill and a delight, all those words. Um, we're just so excited to be here with all of you. This is something we've been looking forward to for several months. And um, I just, I love being in the presence of the Lord. If it's just me and the Lord, that's okay. And if it's a big crowd, that's okay. I just, I just love feeling his presence. And um, it's just such a, a privilege when you realize how many people in the world have never, they have no idea, no idea at all about what we're feeling in this place. And sometimes we kind of just, you know, take it for granted and we just enter into his presence lightly almost and effortlessly. And we forget that it's really a, really a, a great privilege. Um, God has a plan for this service tonight. <clears throat> You're not here by accident. You're not here just because you come to special meetings. It's something that's been advertised. You're here because God has a plan for you in this service. And he, he wants to do something in us. Um, sometimes we waste the anointing and, and we, we use it frivolously. We, you know, we... I'm, I love to dance in the spirit and I love to clap my hands and do all of those things. But sometimes we do all of that and kind of use up 
the power that we feel, we just kind of spend it on ourselves. And actually that anointing in that spirit has come with a purpose. It's come to work in us. It's come to change us, to take something out of us that shouldn't be there and put something in that should be. So don't waste it tonight on just, oh, wasn't that a great service? And then we go out and we totally forget everything that happened and everything we felt. But let God do in you what he came here to do. Open up your heart. Open up your mind. Sometimes we, our minds do things to us and we have a preconceived idea. We have a preconceived expectation. The, the tongues and interpretation that came mentioned about that, about how we have a certain expectation. Well, open your mind up. Broaden it. Stretch it. Expect God to do something in you so that when you go home tonight, you're a different person than when you came in. That's what he wants to do. Amen. Amen. And I'm expecting God to do something in me. I need a, a healing touch from the Lord. I've come with a physical need in my body, and I, I would love the, to have the Lord heal me. But I can go away not healed. Um, I'll, I'll be okay if I'm not healed. But if God doesn't do in my spirit and in my heart what he needs to do, I might not be okay. And so I, I really want him to work in me. I, I'm presenting my heart and my spirit if there's something in my spirit that needs to be rearranged, I'm just saying, Lord, you know, do it. Do what you came to do in me. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Oh, we need to see Jesus do what he came to do. Not what we came to have him do. To do what he came to do. Amen. God bless you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. I do want to say that it's good to see Pastor and Sister Paulus again this evening. We had a good time of fellowship at General Conference, and uh, good to see them here. Pastor Van, I guess, is here also. We're happy to uh, uh, see him as well, and uh, I'm thankful for the family of God. One thing traveling like we do now, we get to see how big the family really is. If you're just in one location, you tend to judge it by the people you see there all the time. But when you travel, you start to see how the Lord has really moved around the world and uh, touched many different lives. Praise God. I'd like you to stand with me this evening as we turn in our Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to read the fifth verse, or the first part of the fifth verse, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica and uh, reading in chapter 1, verse 5 of 1 Thessalonians. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. Our gospel came uh, not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. In chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, uh, the, I'm sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at the 
first verse, Paul, referring to the same subject, said in verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence here tonight. We thank you for each person who is gathered together in your name. And now we release your spirit to flow. The anointing of the word of God, let it go and minister to each and every person gathered in this place tonight. And we ask these things in that name which is above every name. In the name of Jesus. And we give you the glory and the praise. When you worship him for a few moments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. In our everyday life, there are some things that just seem to go together automatically. If I were to say salt, you would probably think pepper. If I said uh, peanut butter, you might think of jam. Uh, if I said eggs, you could think of bacon. Because it just seems like there are some things that go together. Uh, in, in chemistry, uh, there, and I'm not a scientist and I'm not pretending to be one here, but I did study it a little bit in school and uh, tried to remember some things. Uh, but I understand that if you per put the right chemicals together in the right proportion and light a fire, especially with a, with a firecracker, there's going to be a reaction, uh, an explosion. And uh, if you had those chemicals separately, you would not get that response. Uh, I believe very strongly that as believers, we must not rely on just the Word or just the Spirit. But we must have both of them. And when you combine the two together, you get a spiritual explosion that changes people's lives. Praise God. And so the Apostle Paul said that when he came to the city of Thessalonica, he said, our gospel came not unto you in word only. It did come in word, but not in word only. But he said, also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. We were absolutely confident 
that when we brought this gospel, it was going to perform something in your lives. Hallelujah. We were not just coming with another philosophy or another doctrine, but we were coming with the expectation that the gospel was going to change people's lives. Hallelujah. And so we didn't come just in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. We spent, Sister Shaw and I spent uh, right at about 30 years in the nation of Pakistan. It is 97% Muslim. And, uh, of course, it has been a hotbed of terrorism over the last number of years. But in the midst of that, we saw a tremendous move of the Holy Ghost. In uh, the last 18 years we were there, we saw 150,000 new believers brought into the church. In one four-year span, we saw 47,500 people filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. We saw thousands of miracles and signs and wonders as the Holy Ghost began to move in that nation. You see, the Lord didn't send us to Pakistan just to take another message. He didn't send us to Pakistan and say, well, I, I hope things work out. Uh, but He sent us there with a gospel that actually works. It really changes and transforms people's lives. We have a gospel that is powerful tonight. Hallelujah. It's an anointing that is upon the gospel that comes into people's lives and turns them around. When they've been bound by sin, when they've been bound by habits, when they've been bound by sickness and affliction, the gospel is able to change their lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians, he told us, uh, the Apostle Paul said that when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech. I didn't come with a well-written presentation. He didn't come with earthly wisdom. He said, I came rather declaring unto you the testimony of God. This is what God did. I came to you to declare the power of God. He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. In myself, I knew I didn't have any power. I didn't have any authority. There was nothing I could do of myself. I had to rely totally upon the power of God. And so I came to you trembling as I preached this gospel but coming with an expectation that the God I serve is going to do something. I came with much assurance, with a lot of confidence that He was actually going to perform that which He had promised. He said, My speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. We have come here tonight not just to preach a message. So you can go home and say, wow, isn't Brother Shaham a good preacher? Whether I can put my words together properly or not does not mean much to me. The important thing is that God comes down in this place and He touches people's lives and ministers to them. That people will be healed in their bodies. That people will be filled with the Spirit of the living God. 
that their sins will be washed away in His precious blood. Yes, there is power in the gospel. And He's ready to move here tonight by that Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 There's an interesting scripture in the book of Luke, chapter 4. This was at a very early stage in Jesus' ministry. And uh, he went to Nazareth, the town where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Because he was a rabbi, the, the uh, book of Isaiah was delivered to him and he opened it and began to read in chapter 4 of uh, Luke, verse 18, it says, this is what he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This had been written in the book of Isaiah approximately 800 years before Jesus stood and read it in the, in the synagogue uh, of Nazareth on that particular day. I would assume in the uh, 800 years prior to him reading it that many other Jewish men had stood in synagogues across the land and read those same words. The problem was that when they finished their meeting, people left the, uh, the building the same way that they came in because those men were just reading the word. They came in word only. Now there was great power in that word, but it had to be ignited by the anointing. Praise God. And so now as Jesus stood, he began to read it in a way that they had never heard before. He was not merely reading what Isaiah had said, but he was actually making a declaration. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus was the Christ. The word Christ means the anointed one. And he said, I am the anointed one. I have been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. If you read in history and study it at all, you'll find that in most nations and in empires that have been in the past, the poor have been always mistreated. And uh, they have not had much hope in this world, certainly. But Jesus was standing and declaring, I give the poor hope not only in this world, but also in the world that is to come. Through the anointing, they can be set free from their bondage to poverty. Praise God. Poverty in finance, but also poverty in the spirit. They can be set free. He said, I have also come with the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. There are a lot of people who have had hearts broken by circumstances in their life. And it seems as though everything has been shattered and there is no way that they can find peace or rest. When I was a young boy, I learned the, the uh, nursery rhyme. Humpty Dumpty uh, sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. 
All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. Well, I'm happy to say tonight that that's not true when it comes to the gospel. It doesn't matter how much your life has been shattered. It doesn't matter how many broken pieces are lying around. We serve one here who through the anointing tonight can put your heart together again. Hallelujah. He'll take the broken pieces. He'll take those things that have been shattered and put them together in a way that will completely change and heal your life. Praise God. He said, I have come through the anointing to preach deliverance to the captives. Today we went to the old penitentiary. Yeah, I think it was built in the 1850s. And uh, we went through there and just listening to some of the stories of the convicts and the situations that they faced. And that's a terrible thing to be locked up in a place like that. They said that the temperatures reached up to 53 degrees inside in the summertime. Uh, a terrible condition. But even worse than that are people who are held captive in their hearts by different kinds of sins and habits that they're unable to break loose from. But I'm happy tonight that through the anointing, people can be set free. Hallelujah. They who have been held captive can be freed through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He said through the anointing, there will come recovering of sight to the blind. And we could add hearing to the deaf and strength to those whose limbs have been weakened so they cannot walk. And if you have cancer, if you have high blood pressure, if you have heart condition, if you have diabetes, it doesn't matter what your affliction is. Here tonight, there is power in the gospel. There is power in the anointing of the Lord to set you free. Hallelujah. He's able to bring deliverance to you tonight. If you reach out and touch Him, you don't have to wait for an altar call. You can receive His touch right where you are, seated at this moment. Hallelujah. 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 He said, I've come to set at liberty them that are bruised. There are a lot of people whose hearts have been bruised by what someone else has done to them or by situations in their life. And because of that, they have become captive to their bruises. They judge the whole world through that uh, lens. They see things uh, through their hurt and through their pain. And so they have become captive in that way. Uh, there have been people who have been abused as children. There have been other situations that have happened and it seems like it's always hanging like a cloud on them. It's like chains holding them captive. But Jesus said, I have come to set at liberty those who are bruised. Hallelujah. I've come to set you free here today. Hallelujah. And then he said to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And when would that be? He said... Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. If you have a need, you can reach out and touch the Lord at this moment. Praise God. You don't have to take a number and wait in line until He's ready to see you. Praise God. But He's here tonight. He's ready to minister to you and to your need in this place, in this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Praise God. Praise God. Just before he ascended into heaven, Jesus gathered his disciples together on the Mount of Olives, and he gave them some last-minute instructions. When we lived in Pakistan, we, I did a lot of traveling within the country. Sister Shaw many times would go with me. And uh, so we had a, a lady who worked in our home, and she would take care of the place. And whenever we would go on a, on a journey, sometimes we would go to uh, the States and Canada for a year to raise funds, and she was in charge of the home. And so before we left, we weren't joking a lot. We were focusing on the important things where the money was going to come to take care of the bills while we were gone, uh, what should take place if a certain situation happened. And we were spending our time focusing on the main and important things. And Jesus understood that in a few minutes he was going to be caught up into heaven. And so he was trying to give his disciples the most important facts, the things that they really needed to know. That's what he was emphasizing. And he said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Now you will notice a couple of words here. One is power, and that's the one that jumps off the page at most people. But it also says that you will be witnesses unto me. What is a witness? Let me use a simple illustration. Supposing tonight while we were in service, there was a terrible crime that was committed. God forbid, but I'm just using this as a, uh, an illustration. And it happened somewhere in the city. And uh, tomorrow you picked up the paper or you heard on the news or you, you read it somewhere that, that maybe a neighbor uh, had heard something about it and told you that uh, this terrible crime was committed. Then supposing they caught the criminal and that criminal was brought to court, would they call you as a witness? You could say, well, I read about it. I heard about it. But you did not actually see it. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and then you will be witnesses unto me. You will be actually able to say or explain what you have seen and experienced. It's not just saying something you read about. I have talked to Christian people in different parts of the world who say miracles don't happen today. That was for the time of the apostles. And when they preach, they preach what the apostles and Jesus did, which is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you come in word only, you don't get that spiritual chemical reaction. You also have to come with the power of the Spirit. You have to come with the anointing. Hallelujah. Just because I read something that happened 2,000 years ago does not make me a witness. It makes me a historian. A witness is somebody who has seen or experienced something. Hallelujah. And when we receive the power of the Holy Ghost, God begins to work through us and we see things happen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I have seen dozens of people who were lame stand up and begin to walk through the power of God. I have seen thousands of people transformed by the power of the gospel. I have seen people delivered from uh, evil spirits because there is power in the gospel today. I am a witness of that. A few years after Sister Shaman and I arrived in in Pakistan, we were living in the city of Karachi at that time, and uh, we had, uh, held an annual convention. And uh, we invited a guest speaker from the States, a man that was used in the gifts of the Spirit. And so he preached for three nights. On the third night, many people had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We had seen quite a few miracles take place. And after most of the congregation had left, there was a family that came to the front. The father was holding a young girl, I judged to be about 10 years of age. And he spoke to us and he said, Sirs, uh, we have come tonight because our daughter has been lame since birth. And uh, we heard about this meeting and there would be prayer for the sick and we decided that we were going to come and we're not leaving here until she's healed. I think sometimes we give up too easily. And so that's why we don't receive what the Lord has for us. But uh, he said, I would like you to please pray. And so we asked the evangelist to, join, uh, to lead us in prayer. We joined with him. And after praying for uh, a minute or two, he stopped and he looked at the father. And he said, I want you to put your daughter's feet on the ground. And uh, I was watching the father closely. I could see fear flicker through his eyes because his daughter had never stood or walked. I could take my finger and thumb and put it around her leg because basically it was just skin and bone. And uh, then I think he remembered, well, I did say we're not going to leave here until she's healed. Maybe I should obey the man of God. And so he took his daughter's feet and very carefully put them on the floor. He was still holding on. And then he stood back very carefully, ready to catch her in case anything happened. But nothing did. She stood there at first very unsteady, just kind of going around like this. And I don't know all that was happening, but I was just figuring that the Lord was building up some muscle in her leg because she started to strengthen up, strengthen and stand up straight. And then the evangelist addressed her, and he said, Now, in the name of Jesus, start to walk. What happened next is not something that I read about. It's not something somebody told me. Sister Shaw and I were both there. In fact, our youngest daughter was about two or three years old at that time. She said this is her first living memory. She doesn't remember anything before that, but she does remember this. We watched the little girl take a very unsteady step, and then the next one was a little stronger. And then she started to walk more and more steady until she was walking normally. She turned around and began walking back the other way. <coughs> The platform was about the size of this one, and when she got over to this side, she thought, you know, this isn't a challenge anymore. And so she started to walk backwards. And then she began to lift her feet over different obstacles. And when she left the building that night, nobody carried her out. Praise God. She walked out on her own strength. Praise God. I think we all know the story of Peter and John going up to the temple to pray. And there was a man who was lame there, had been lame there for almost 40 years. 
And every day he was there begging at the gate beautiful. And when Peter and John passed by him on this day, they stopped. I would imagine Jesus had passed by on occasion. But uh, this time, Peter and John stopped. And Peter said, look on us. And he did, and he probably had an automatic reaction with his hand coming out because that's how he made his living. And he was expecting something from Peter and John, but Peter said, I'm sorry, I don't have what you're looking for. But I do have something. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He pulled the man to his feet. Not only did he walk, but he began to run and to leap. And the first place that he went was into the temple. Praise God. Praise God. You say, well, why would he go into the temple? I'll tell you why. Because if there were any flaws in your physical body, you were not permitted to go into the temple. For 38 years, he watched people file by him every day to go into that temple. And he was wondering, I wonder what it's like in there. I wonder if I could get in there someday. And then when the Lord, through Peter and John, touched him and made him whole, he began to run and to leap there because he said, now I can go in. Praise God. Praise God. Sometimes people look at Pentecostals and they think they're kind of crazy. They're shouting and they're running and dancing and doing all kinds of strange things. What's wrong with them? I'll tell you what's wrong with us. The Lord has touched us. Something has happened to us. Hallelujah. And we're just going into the temple to glorify the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. When I read chapter Acts, Acts chapter 1 rather, in verse 8 nowadays, I don't think of the man that Peter and John saw. I think of a little lame girl that I, I saw with my own eyes begin to walk. Yes, I've seen many others since then, but that was the one that was imprinted in my mind. This gospel works. This gospel still changes people's lives. Hallelujah. It still transforms today. Praise God. Praise God. When we moved to the city of Islamabad, that's the capital, uh, the school system there was not really that good. And uh, they also teach Islamiyat. We didn't want our children under that influence. And so we got permission for Sister Sham to work uh, in the uh, international school. And she worked in the elementary office. And uh, while she was working there, Although most of the staff, the teachers, were, were unbelievers. In fact, many of them agnostic, atheists, uh, some of them trying different Eastern religions. Very few Christian believers. And uh, so over time, when different situations came up, uh, they would be sitting maybe at lunchtime talking, and, and they would be talking how they got drunk the past weekend and their hangover and all the stuff that went on. And so Sister Shaw started thinking, you know what? If you get to know her, you'll find out that she's not afraid to express her opinion. And so uh, she started thinking, you know what? If they can tell about that kind of stuff, I can tell what God's doing. So she started telling teachers about the miracles that we were seeing in our churches and how God was touching and changing people's lives. 
And it wasn't long before some of these teachers who were agnostics and atheists, when their mother back in the States or wherever they were, uh, was very, very sick. Georgine, do you think you could pray for my mother? And uh, after a while, her office became known as the prayer room. Uh, well, one day she was sitting there doing some work, and one of the teachers came in. This lady was actually Pakistani. Uh, she taught what they called host nation because there were, there were more than uh, 50 nations represented in the school. Uh, they, the school wanted them to learn a little bit about the, the host nation of Pakistan, and so she was teaching that subject. But on this particular day, this lady came in. Her husband was uh, a judge on the Supreme Court of Pakistan, so they were quite influential. When she came in, she said, Georgine, I have to leave school early today. I've just been notified that my grandson, who was born three weeks ago, uh, is not going to survive the night. He has uh, uh, no immune system, and the doctors have said he's taking a turn for the worse. He's not going to make it, and so I have to leave early. And so as she was leaving, uh, <clears throat> she turned at the door and said, would you ask Alan to pray for my grandson? And so Sister Sham said, well, do you want us to go to the hospital? She said, you mean you do that? She said, of course, that's what we're here for. And so that night, uh, Sister Sham and I went to the hospital to the intensive care. The, the uh, little boy was in an oxygen tent. None of the family was there at that particular moment, but the uh, nursing staff allowed us to go in. I couldn't touch the baby, obviously, but I just placed my hand on the side of the bed and I said, Lord, you know these people don't even believe you're God. They're very influential in this nation and uh, I was feeling a lot like Paul, fear and trembling at that particular moment. But I said, Lord, you know that they are looking to you at this moment for a miracle and I'm asking that you would reach down into this hospital room and touch this little boy. Praise God. The next morning, Sister Shom was in her office and she had a, a coffee machine there and the staff would come in during coffee uh, during break and, and have a cup of coffee and so several of them were standing around it was break time and this particular lady walked into the office and she said folks I have an announcement to make Georgine and Alan Shaw are holy people now she didn't know our terminology what she was simply saying is that we had a connection with God and she said, uh, I was supposed to bury my grandson this morning, but instead the doctors came to us and said, we don't know what's happened, but there's nothing wrong with him and we're sending him home. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Nine years later, I was at the school for an international day, and all the different countries had tables where they were selling their food and different things about their country that were there. And so I was helping man the Canadian table, and uh, this particular lady happened to walk by at this particular moment when I was there, and she said, oh, Alan, you're here. She said, would you please wait a moment? I said, sure, I'm here watching the table. So... Uh, she hurried off and came back four or five minutes later with a young boy. And she turned to him and said, Junaid, do you remember how I told you when you were a baby and supposed to die that we asked a man to pray for you? He said, yes. I want to introduce you to him. And uh, just a few years ago, the young boy is now probably 17 or 18 years old. His mother has moved to Canada to about uh, 
about half a kilometer from where we lived when we pastored in that city. And uh, she just wrote recently on Facebook to Sister Shom, if I become a believer, I'm gonna, I want to be one like you. <laughs> Praise God. I know that you have something. There is power in the gospel. Praise God. Praise God. We can't do it ourselves. I have never healed anybody. I tell folks, I can't even hardly put a bandage on my finger if, the, if I cut it. I, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not somebody that can heal, but I can tell you about one who does. And I know that he is able to do it. Praise God. He is able to minister through his power, through his spirit, through his anointing. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like you to stand with me this evening. Praise God. I believe that the Lord has come to this place tonight to meet with some, someone who's in need. He doesn't waste his time or his power. But he has come here because he knows there are people who have come with situations in their life that are beyond their control. And he's come to touch them and to minister to them in this place tonight. Praise God. There is the power of the Holy Ghost here. Hallelujah. 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 The anointing that we've talked about is in this place. I can recognize it because I felt it in many other places and I've seen the Lord begin to move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is really ready to do something for you tonight. I don't know what your need might be, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, God is here. And He's ready to do something for you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. As the musicians play, if you need something from the Lord, I'm going to invite you to come. And if you have the Holy Ghost tonight and don't have a specific need, I'm going to ask you to come and help us to pray for folks. You see, the Spirit is in the body. It's not just in the preacher. He works through his, his body, which is the church. And uh, I'm going to ask you to help me pray here tonight. Praise God. I believe that the Lord wants to do the miraculous in this building tonight. Hallelujah. 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 You say, well, that, that was in Pakistan. And God doesn't move that way in Australia. Well, people told me the same thing in America, but we saw miracles happen in America. They said the same thing in Canada, but miracles happen in Canada. We've seen them happen in Japan. We've seen them happen in every nation where we've gone because the Lord does move by His Spirit. Hallelujah. He still changes and transforms lives. Praise God. And He's here to meet you tonight. You feel His presence. You feel His anointing. Praise God. He's ready to touch you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Please come. Praise God. Hallelujah. We'll welcome you to come if you have a need here tonight. If you need the Holy Ghost, come and stand here and believe God to, uh, that you're going to receive it. 
I've already told you, he doesn't take a num- ask you to take a number and stand in line. He's ready to do it right now. He's ready to touch you in your situation, in your circumstance, whatever it is at this moment. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 The Apostle Paul said, I didn't come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Spirit and with much assurance. We've come with confidence tonight that God is here and that He's going to minister by His Spirit and by His power. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith right now. And then if you already have the Holy Ghost and would like to help us pray for these folks, uh, we would ask that you would join in with us. Uh, Lord Jesus, upon the authority of your word and through the power that is in the name of Jesus, through the power that is in the Holy Ghost, we now speak forth a word of faith and confidence in your word, in your spirit. I release healing in this place right now in the name of Jesus. I release your spirit to fall upon those who are hungry. I release the blood of Jesus to cleanse from all sin and unrighteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of Jesus.